Open your Bible tonight to the book of Ruth again. How many of you already knew that's where we were headed? Book of Ruth, stand up with us. And uh, I would like tonight to preach chapter 2. And uh, I would like tonight to preach chapter 3. And I'd like to preach chapter 4. But unfortunately, time does not allow that. Aren't you glad they don't pay preachers by the hour? Yeah. Somebody say, man. Aren't you glad this isn't an hourly wage that we're earning? I'd retire in a year. Amen. I have a lot of back pay coming my way, I tell you that. But I, I do want to be obedient to the Lord tonight. We saw in Ruth chapter 1, we saw Ruth in her famine. How many of you can agree with me that there will be some famines in life? There will be some dry, dusty days. There will be days where we spend more time at the graveyard than we do at the nursery. Somebody say amen. There will be times when folk that ought to be with you will turn around and walk away from you. But I want to remind you that it is in those trying famines that our heart is truly committed to the Lord. Ruth turned to Him in her famine. Then I want to say to you that we ought to be reminded that when you're in the famine, you just keep walking toward the presence of the Lord and you'll walk into your harvest. There is grace in that famine. I would like to preach chapter 2 tonight, but I won't. And I will say this about chapter 2. Chapter 2, probably the most familiar portion of Scripture in the book of Ruth, there we would have found Ruth in her field. The field is a picture of the world. She's just a sinner. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Amen. Outside of the promises of God, outside the protection of of His namesake, she is a sinner wandering in the field. That field is a type of the world. And she is wandering in the world. Thank God she runs into her kinsman redeemer. And the one that can change her life. He meets her in the field. It's a wonderful thing. I've got to say this to you before we go to chapter 3. Do you realize that all of chapter 1 starts and it ends in a time period of over 10 years? We don't know how much longer, but we know at a minimum 10 years is covered in chapter 1. Brother Toby... The Lord blessed my socks off one afternoon sitting in my study when I realized that chapter 2 begins in the morning at evening at afternoon time they sit down and eat together and it ends at evening as she's going home. Chapter 2 is one day of happening. You know what the Holy Ghost showed me is in one day He can fix what took a decade to tear us. Chapter 1 is over 10 years of heartache. But chapter 2 is one day in the presence of the Redeemer. Oh, I'm glad He can fix what a decade has destroyed. They fellowship there. They are are beginning a relationship there in chapter 2. And as we leave chapter 2, she is uh, in love with this man and she has her heart fixed on Boaz. And I want us to begin reading now in chapter 3. If you're there in your Bible, say amen. Amen. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may... Here's a good Bible term. 
that it may be well with thee. Now is not Boaz of our kindred, whose maidens thou wast? Behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the man, until he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be when he lieth down, that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie. Thou shalt go in and uncover his feet, and lay thee down. I love this. And he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me, I will do. Heavenly Father, I ask you tonight to take this word. This is your word. This is your book. God, I pray that you would open it tonight. Not just the pages, but God, open up. Open up the life of this Bible. God, may it flow in and around our heart tonight. God, may it loosen up that which has become stagnant. God, may it soften that which has become hard and callous. And God, may it change us tonight. Lord, may we not just be hearers, but may we enter in and may we be doers of the Word tonight. Thank you for the opportunity now. Give me that unction from on high. Give me clarity of thought. And I'll praise you for what you do in Jesus' name. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. As we come, you may be seated, as we come to chapter 3, we have found her in the famine. Chapter 2, she has found her way to the field, and in the field, Boaz has caught her attention and vice versa. She goes home now, and she tells Naomi about this man that her heart is falling for. As the harvest continues and as they continue to gather the grain, the barley and the corn, they are now moving to a place that is no longer the field, but now they are moving to the threshing floor. Now, how many of you got some time for some preaching tonight? I, I'm not going to bore y'all if I give you some preaching, Emma. They are now at the threshing floor. And I want you to understand, I'm going to need a good witness right here, everything in that Bible is there because the Holy Ghost wanted it in that Bible. How many of you know this is the Word of God? Hey, this is not a copy of God's Word. This is God's Word. Wow, if I held the original manuscripts that Moses himself pinned down, they'd have no more power than what I have in my hand. This is, the, this is not what's left of the Bible. Right. This is God's holy yes, word. Yes, That's right. Now, if we believe that, we ought to treat it as such. Yes, and we ought to take time to look at what the Bible is laying out before us. They have met at a place called the threshing floor. Now, I don't believe that this is a coincidence. Very easily, this romance could have could have culminated and it could have come uh, to a pivotal point in the field. But God waited until the threshing floor experience. You see, the first time that we find the threshing floor in the Bible and the first time that we find this threshing floor experience, we find that they are mourning the loss in the life of Jacob. They are weeping over him that is the father of him that 
of Israel. They are mourning his loss at the threshing floor. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Lord in here tonight. But may I tell you that just as they are mourning his loss at the threshing floor, they will then take him up to the cave, Mephilah, and they will place him inside of that cave. That is a cave that Abraham picked out. That is a cave that Abraham desired for a burial place. Here's the reason that cave is so important. Because every cave has one hole, it is an entrance. Yeah. But they tell me in my studies of Mephila that it not only had an entrance, but if you were to continue going into the yeah. cave, Mephila, on the back side of that cave, there's also an exit. Oh, yeah. that cave. oh what a picture of death for the child of God. Yeah. At the threshing floor, they wept because they had lost him. But when they put him in the cave, Mephila, they were reminded that when you put a child yes. of God in the ground, yeah. it's a two-way yeah. yeah. thing. When God is in the tiger, we're also coming out of yeah. yeah. This threshing floor, the first time it's mentioned in the Bible, I believe it is a picture of salvation. He was delivered out of Egypt and carried back to the land of his father. Talking about Israel now. He was taken out of the land of Egypt. He was taken back to the land of his father. And it was there that he was left in peace. How many of you know that there is salvation in the Lord today? That threshing floor is a place of salvation. May I say to you also by way of introduction that the threshing floor is a place of judgment. You see, the threshing floor was literally a large flattened out area that many times would sit on top of a hill. And they would have a large stone, a grindstone, two of them, sandwiched on top of one another in the center of that threshing floor. They would place the grain, the corn, the barley, the wheat on the floor... There would be oxen that would trod in a circle with dragging the sled, breaking up that corn or that wheat. They would take that which has been broken, they would put it on the grindstone, and they would refine it even further. It would then be placed on a large sheet. This is where we get our heave offering in the Bible. And they would step out on that hilltop as the evening breeze was blowing. They would throw it up in the air, and that which was no good would be blown away by the wind. But that which was worthy and usable would fall back to the ground in the Christian. It is a place of judgment where that which is not profitable is removed. But that which is profitable, it is retained by the crushing process. How many of you would agree with me right here that God has to take us to the threshing floor? I need need more help than that right there. He has to take us to the threshing floor and He has to break us and He has to crush us and then the wind and the Spirit will come by and it will take away that which is not profitable and that which remains God will use in our life. It's a place of judgment. But can I say also by way of introduction I keep saying that so you know that's not coming to my real preaching time. Amen? <laughs> also, by way of introduction, that threshing floor, it is a place of worship. Yeah. You see, <laughs> hallelujah, <laughs> the ark came to a stop yeah. at a threshing floor. That's right. That's where, that's where Uriah, or Uzziah rather, touched it and God took his life. Yeah. David then took it to another threshing floor. Right. There the presence of God remained. The Ark of the Covenant sat down in a threshing floor. And that's where God's presence 
was. When Solomon desired to build his almighty, magnificent temple, he purchased the threshing floor. The Bible tells us that David purchased the threshing floor and built an altar unto God. I'm trying to tell you there is worship in that threshing floor. Now, why did I say all that? It is a place of judgment. It is a place of salvation. And it is a place of worship. How many of you would agree with me so far that it, it is typified yeah. by those stories? Ruth is at the threshing floor. Yeah. She's going in. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's going in the Boaz. You know why I mentioned that? Because all three of those things, hallelujah, yeah. could be found in the threshing floor of Boaz that yeah. night. She had no guarantee that he was going to love her back. She had no promise that he had been thinking about her like she had been thinking about him. It very easily could have been a place of judgment. It very easily could have been a place where she was put in her place. But thank God, at the threshing floor, hey, glory, love did what judgment would not. It is a place of salvation. Do you realize, oh, glory. Yeah, Do you realize that Ruth was bound to black garments of widows' apparel? Yeah. Thank God in this chapter she's yeah. told to go put on her best Sunday dress. Yeah. It's a place where she has yeah. now been delivered from her past, and in that threshing floor she's being pushed into her future. Right. Yeah. It is a place of worship. Because here's my title tonight. Here we find Ruth at his yeah. Man, that's right. Now, Tuesday night revival, I think it'd be fitting to say that one of the greatest things that you and I can have in this generation is a revival of believers who know what it's like to be at the feet of that's the right. Savior. That's right. The Bible tells us all throughout Scripture that the greatest place we can find ourselves in proximity to the Savior is at His feet. Do you remember when He came to Mary and Martha's house? Oh, oh, what was coming about with serving? And she was all the time feeling like she had to do something. But Jesus said, Mary has chosen the greatest part, and she's knelt down at me. You see, tonight, it is important in this Christian experience it is important in our walk with God that we not be so consumed with serving Him that we be not so consumed with all of the business and with all of the preparation yeah. that we forget what it's like to simply be at That's His right. feet. Right. Now, I am a coon hunter. Can somebody say amen? amen? I'm really a professional coon hunter and preaching subsidizes my yeah. coon hunting. That's really bad news. <laughs> I've got eight coon dogs in my house right now eating puppy chow. Somebody pray for them animals tonight. Give when that offering comes by. I'm begging you. Be obedient to the Holy Ghost. Last week I was in a meeting in Florida and and, uh, my old dog, my old coonhound Mercy, she died when I was in Florida last week. We've got six puppies in our house right now. And uh, I don't plan on feeding that many for long, so I will make you a good deal after the service, all right? But I love the coon hunt. And, and, and there's one thing that you cannot have in a coon dog. I'll I, I go ahead and tell you what it is. You can't have a babbler 
in the pastor. How many of you know, I mean, if you know, don't be ashamed of your redneck culture and heritage. If you know what a babbler is, let me see you. Oh, look, all right, I've got a few in here that know that have walked with God in the midnight hour. Literally, amen. Here's what a babbler is. When you get to the woods and you pull up and, and you pull up to that creek or that, that runoff, wherever you're going to drop them hell. And you get them out of the box and, and you take them out of the collar and you send them in to find a tomb, there'll be one. Oh, Lord, I'm, I'm preaching on the tomb. This is about like preaching on the man's head. Yeah, right. <laughs> when you cut them loose and you tell them, there's a coup in there. Get that coup. When you cut them loose, there'll be one that don't smell nothing, yeah. that hadn't seen nothing, yeah. that hadn't heard nothing. I'm talking about he has no idea, yeah. but he just can't help it. He'll go barking. Yeah. <laughs> now, for some of you that are refined, let me explain to you. A coon hound ain't supposed to bark, ain't supposed to say a word until they run across a tree. Yeah. And when they smell where one's been, they're supposed to holler out and say, Oh, sound like a train coming through the park. Yeah. Hell, it put chills up now, spine of the Holy Ghost feeling. But there'll be one that's a bad one. Yeah. And here's the problem. That babbler, it had smelled no good. It had seen no good. It had heard no good. It, y'all know people like this. It ain't got nothing to say, but it's got to say something. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try that over here. It ain't got nothing to say, but it feels like it's got to say something. Yeah. That's what a babbler is. Yeah. Now, you can't have a babbler in the crowd when you're training a puppy because here's what will happen. That one that goes to babbling will get everybody else all worked up. Yeah. And before long, I'm preaching, it like two of the south most churches I know. Before long, you got four hounds running through the woods, creeping and a hollering and a barking, and ain't nobody seen or heard or smelled nothing. They just do it because somebody else. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's good. You know what we have in our churches tonight? we got a bunch of babblers. Yeah, that's, that's right. Never have been at his feet. Yeah. Never have worshipped in his presence. Never have felt the Holy Ghost moving up and down the, the strings of their soul. But oh, they got to say something. Yeah. And when they sing, they got to say something. When they testify, they got to say something. But they never have been at his feet. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear no babbler get up and yeah. preach. Hey. I don't want to hear no babbler get up and say. I don't want to hear no babbler get up and say. We find Ruth at his feet. She is in a place now that grace has allowed her to be. I want to show you, if the Lord will help me, that there's three truths that brought Ruth to his feet. First of all, Ruth is at his feet because grace produced faith. How many of you can agree with the preacher tonight that faith is not a product of this natural man? I'm going to need more help than that. Faith is not the natural product of this old carnal place. We're not born believers. We're born doubters. We're not born with confidence in the things of God. We are born with skepticism in our heart. And the Bible says that God hey, has given 
grace are you saved? How? Through faith. Faith is not something that is built into every heart. It is something that God puts into every heart. Can I show you faith tonight in chapter 3? Watch this. Watch this. Chapter 3. And, uh, well, let's look at verse 3. She said, Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the man until he shall have done eating and drinking. Look at me right here. Look at me right here. Ruth had been a widow so long that she had forgotten how to not be a widow. Yeah, right. That's true. Naomi said, hey, girl, said, you, you going to try to get Boaz to marry you? You better get there and get those old black widow garments off. You better put on your Sunday go-to-meeting dress. She said, get in there and wash that barley dust off of your face. Wash that old field mud off of your hands. Yeah. Put your perfume on. Put that lotion on. Girl, you got to look like somebody if you're going to his feet. Yeah, yeah. She had learned to be a widow so long that she didn't even know how to be who she used to be. Yeah, that's right. Man. Naomi, she done lived a while. She's I'm telling you right now, you better get in there and splash on some white shoulders. Somebody say amen. Yeah. She said, you better get in there and put on that Burberry lotion. Somebody holler glory right there. She said, get that good dress you ain't worn in a while and put it on because you are going to his feet. Now watch, here's what I'm saying. Is Ruth didn't know how to do that. Yeah. Ruth had forgotten how to do that. But she is oh, she is listening yeah. to the instruction of one that is sending her in the right direction. That's right. Now watch me. If you're not careful, all of the book of Ruth... By the way, do you know that there are people that are so dumb and there are people that are so carnal that they will tell you that the book of Ruth does not belong in the Scripture? When I began to study Ruth several months ago, it blew me away that there was people with degrees, had so many degrees, look like this, running a fever. Somebody say amen. How many of you know some folks got to go to college to get as stupid as they are? You just can't get that all by yourself. I was reading after one fellow. He said, well, it's often been doubted if Ruth should even be in the canon of Scripture, for there is no doctrine. i got news for you. If you can't read Ruth and see her as a sinner and see Boaz as a Savior, I don't know what you're doing in the Thank hey, God. Now, here she is. She is going into His presence. If you're not careful, and if you don't read Ruth as it is in its context, there's a lot that don't make sense. Yeah. But let me explain to you. What's He doing at the threshing floor? Alright? This was a time when they had brought in all their harvest. That's, that's like getting every paycheck they were going to have that year and putting it in one place. Thieves were prominent and they were known to come in and steal that barley and steal that corn, steal whatever that crop was. So here's what they'd do. They'd have an old-fashioned barbecue and dinner on the ground. Amen. Well, it may not have been pork, but you know, whatever God let them eat, that's what it was. And they'd eat and they'd drink sweet tea and they'd have the time of their life. Then after they got the belly full, all of the men, watch me now, all, not just Boaz, all of the men would go in and they would sleep on that pile that had been harvested. Yeah. Naomi said, I want you to go. She said, don't mess with him while he's eating a half rack of ribs. You're not going to get your hand bit off. Yeah. She said, but after he's done had a belly full of barbecue, 
after he's done half two or three mason jars full of sweet tea. Now, I know y'all put other stuff in mason jars in Tennessee, but y'all didn't get right with y'all. So after he's had a good old jar full of sweet tea, and after he's got belly full, he said, you watch where he goes. Yeah. He said, you go to where he is. He yeah. said, you mark that place, and you go in, and you lay at his feet. Now, here's where faith comes in. Look in verse number 5. And she said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me, I will do. Do you hear that thing? Now look at me. Oh, I'm going to preach right here whether y'all want me to or not. Ruth is a Moabite. She didn't grow up in Sabbath school. She didn't grow up learning the law of the land of Israel. She did not know how the customs and traditions work. You know what she said to Naomi? She said, whatever you say, that's what I'm willing to do. I like what Naomi said to her at the end of verse number 4. She said, you go lay at his feet, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. Do you get the picture here that Ruth doesn't know what she's doing? She didn't know how to get dressed for a day. She didn't know how to get ready for this night. And when she got there, she so didn't know what to do next. But I'm glad. Hey, there was instruction that was being put into her life. All she had to do was by faith obey what she'd been told to do. That's right. I know know some folk that was born on a church pew and raised in a Sunday school room. And they got the the songs memorized. They got the church covenant memorized. I mean, they know every verse they ought to know. They know just when to raise a hand. They know just when to say amen. They know just how to play the game at church. But I'm here to tell you, I like that crowd that shows up wild-eyed and they ain't got no clue about how they're supposed to do it. They just know they want to do it. Church, where I'm at now, we started just me and my wife and one other boy 12 years ago this March. I never will forget, Brother Toby, the first time we had the Lord's Supper. Yeah. I stood up on Sunday morning. I said, y'all come back tonight. We're going to have the Lord's Supper. One of my ladies called me, 56 years old. She said, Preacher, do I need to bring fried chicken or pork chops to the Lord's Supper? I said, we'll take care of that, but you bring that chicken for the preacher's supper. Amen. I baptized no boy one time. Sunday morning, put him in the baptistry. And when I stuck him under the, the, the tank, put him under the water, brought him back up, he raised both hands and hollered, Yee-haw! Right there on Sunday morning. That's redneck hallelujah. Y'all better witness to me. I like folks that don't know all the cues and they don't know all the sin. They don't know all the code words. Only thing they know is is they are a roof that was lost and undone. And now I've got a chance to be at his feet. And I don't know what to do, but I'll do whatever you tell me. There's faith! And there's faith in the heart of Ruth. And it is grace that put that faith in. Ruth said, whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do. Anybody remember when you were desperate enough for Christ that whatever you was told to do, that's what you was willing to do to get in His presence? I got a young man in my church. He's my age. One of my dearest, closest friends. He and his wife were sitting at home and God was dealing with their heart. They had a brand new born little boy, just a couple of months old. 
had not been raised in church, didn't know anything about it. But they knew that things weren't right in their heart, knew that things just were empty down in their soul. He looked at his wife on Saturday night. He said, let's go to church tomorrow. She said, well, why are we going to church? Ain't nobody getting married and ain't nobody died. Why are we going to church? He said, I don't know. He said, but I feel like it'd just be better than sitting here. Yeah. He said, let's go to church tomorrow. That's right. She said, well, where are we going to go? We ain't got no church. He said, well, the only thing I can think of, we'll get up in the morning, we'll head toward town, and we'll stop at the first one we come to. And they did. They pulled in a little old church, and it's a Baptist church, and they didn't have a pastor at the time, and they had a Southern Baptist theological professor filling the pulpit that morning. He got up and gave a little old 30-minute speech and a lecture. Honey, and you know, we don't need lectures. We need preaching. In this I'm not against information. Don't get up and preach that book unless you have your nose in it. But don't give me information without inspiration. He got up and gave a little old dead speech. And they sat there through the service. And invitation time came. Invitation time came. And my buddy's sitting there. And God's tearing his heart into a million pieces. He gets up. Walks to the eye, walks out, kneels down in the altar, and everybody in there lost their breath. <laughs> I mean, that's the best carpet in the whole building. Ain't nobody been up there in a long time. <laughs> they looked at it, and they sang just as I am. And they sang it so long it turned into just as they was, because that's how they wanted to stay. Yeah. <laughs> After about five or six verses, he's on altar to do it. And that little old professor come down there looking at him like he had the plague. He looked at him and said, he said, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and the man looked at him and said, I don't know. I, I was hoping you knew what was wrong with me. Yeah. Here's what he told him, Brother Toby. He said, go home, and if it don't get better in a couple of weeks, let me know. He got up, and he walked out of that church. Worse off than he was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'll tell you why. They had a babbler in the pulpit there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. They took his wife's hand. They got that newborn boy. They walked out more confused and more yeah. hurt than they were when they came. Yeah. All week went by, and that Sunday rolled around. She said, what are we going to do? He said, I guess we're going to get up. We're going to drive toward town. And I know where we ain't stopping. Yeah. But we're going to stop at the next Yeah. And they walked into greater life that morning. And he and her both walked the aisle and got saved. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's good. How many of you remember when you wanted him so bad? Yeah. That you didn't even know how to get to him. Yeah. But just looking for somebody that would yeah. help you that's right. in the right place. Hey. Yeah. 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 I don't even know how to get to him. I sure don't know what to do when I get there. But thank God I've got the faith. To head out to the threshing floor. Yeah, Can you imagine how much oh, yeah, Can you imagine how she was contemplating what's he going to say? Yeah. What's he going to do? What if he rejects me? What if he pushes yeah. me away? What if he says this is inappropriate? Yeah. What if I didn't She didn't know. Her hands were sweaty. Her heart was pounding. But thank God, she Because grace produced faith. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. She said, Whatsoever thou say, right. I will yeah. take. Reminds me of Naaman. Yeah, that's right. I ain't going to go get that old dirty water. 
You done lost your mind if you think I'm getting in that dirty water. Yeah. But oh, thank God when he finally had enough faith and he had enough submission to do what he is told, he found out that there was cleansing in that dirty water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, man, that's right. Why? Because he was submitted. And finally, Naaman said, Whatsoever thou sayest, I will do. She ends up at his feet because grace produces faith. Yeah. Now, let me show you number two. Not only does grace produce faith, but you ought to know that, hallelujah, you ought to know that wherever there is faith, it's not going to be long. And grace is going to produce favor. Yeah, that's right. Now, I love this Bible. I mean that. I love this Bible. Notice this. Let's do a little reading. Verse number 8, chapter 3. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. <clears throat> Look at me right here. The Bible says that thieves and robbers, those that try to get in any other way, they'll have no part of the kingdom of God. Right. He woke up at midnight. Whoa! I'm about to have me a time in here this right. evening. Right. He woke up at midnight, and he thought there was a thief trying to get to his corn pile. Right. But thank God it was not a thief. It was a humble, searching sinner. And I tell yes. you, he did get yes. to the corn pile. Right. Matter of fact, it wasn't too long, and it was Mr. and Mrs. Boaz Farley yeah. Company. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know why? Because the two became one. That field that she was hanging out in, and for anybody who went on, she went down there reaping. She was riding by looking at what was coming in on yeah, the heart. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you want to get to what, if you want to get to the blessing of God, you don't get there by sneaking in some other way. You get there by coming in His feet. Right. Now watch. I'm trying to preach. Now y'all let me preach. Watch this. Come on, come on preach on. Verse number 8, And behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Yep. Now look at me right here. He never did hire her yeah. to be his handmaid. That's right. Matter of fact, the, the favor he did for her was to let her hang out with yeah. his handmaid. That's right. I guess she was what you would call on a volunteer basis. Yeah. <laughs> She said, I'm Ruth, thy handmaid. Now watch, watch, watch. And she said, Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid. For thou art a near kinsman. Don't let me forget to come back to verse 10. What's happened in verse 9? Look at me right here. What's happened in verse 9? This is nothing sexual. This is nothing intimate. Here's what she said to him in verse 9. She is laid at his feet. She has humbled herself at his feet. Yeah. And she said, I'm not here to ask you for any kind of physical favor. She said, I'm here to ask you if you'll spread your skirt over me. Here's what that means. That means I'm asking you to take me under your wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. I mean that organ player again tonight. <laughs> they tell me that even today, in modern Jewish ways, that there is a part in the ceremony where that young man will take his long flowing garment and he'll take an outer portion and he'll wrap it around his new wife. Yeah. He'll cover his new bride and therefore he'll signify, yeah. hey baby, everything you face in life from here on, you're facing yeah, the Yeah, tell me. Yeah. Yeah. 
guess that's where we get Psalm 91 woman. They that dwell in the secret place. Thank God they get to hang out under the shadow of the Almighty. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus looked across that crowd in his day and said, How many times when I gathered you as a mother here, gathers her chicks under her wings? This was a commitment. And she was asking him for commitment. You're getting around here, all you married men. How many of you know you was proposed to before you ever proposed to? <laughs> That's right. Look at this. Just hit them right now. Before you ever went to Jared, somebody say amen. Before you ever went to the ball and picked up that diamond, you had already been asked to marry her. She asked you to marry her. She asked you to ask her to marry her. Can I say yeah. This is an age-old trick taking place, right? Yeah. She said, will you ask me if I'll marry you. Yeah. That's right. Y'all don't look at me like that. Women have been proposing to men for thousands of years. Amen. That's what she said. She said, will you spread your skirt over me? She said, will you bring me under the shelter of your protection and your love? Now watch this. Here comes that favor. Oh, bless the Lord. Verse number 10. And he said, Blessed be thou the Lord my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning. Inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. Look at me right here. He said, Ruth, he said, you showed me more kindness now than you did when this thing. He said, I just thought you was something out there in that barley field. Yeah. He said, but I ain't never seen you. With the Maybelline on. Somebody holler, amen. I was in a meeting some time ago and a preacher was up preaching against women wearing makeup. This older man of God, gray-haired preacher, got up behind him and said, Hey, neighbor, if the barn needs painting, paint the barn. Amen. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Boaz is saying. He said, I saw you out there in that field and you was dirty and you was working and I thought I loved you then. He said, but darling, when you come in this room, he said, I smelt you before I even seen you. Yeah, that's right. He said, when I looked up, he said, I knew it was you, and I just couldn't believe it was you. I've never seen you like this yeah. before. Yeah. And then he said, I want to tell you, he said, you've got a place in my heart. He said, because all hard the season long. Hey, look at me right yeah. here. I, I ain't trying to be funny. I ain't trying to be carnal tonight. But can I tell you, Ruth was an attractive woman. Yeah, sure. And he said, oh, I'm the season of I know I'm not the only man that's looked your direction. Yeah. I know I'm not the only one that's noticed you. He said, but ever since you showed up in my field, he said, you have to give the time of day to anybody young or old, rich or poor. He said, I watched you in that field. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, you've worn a place in my heart. That's right. Can I say something tonight? Is that all right if I preach just a minute yeah, right here? Right you know oh, why yeah. it meant something to Boaz that she was laying at his feet? Because Boaz was convinced that he was the first stop on her trip that night. Yeah. She hadn't gone around the room trying to find somebody who would take her in. That's fair. Right. That's good. She came to his feet on purpose. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this. You know why, church? I, God, I hate to say this, but I'm going to have to. I said it in my church and it's true. You know why church don't mean much to us? Because it ain't no more different than anything we did last week. That's Amen. right. Amen. 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 Last night I got enough gas to get home. I'll go ahead and say what's on my heart tonight. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. You know why it don't stir us up to do in the street? Because it ain't 
ain't no different than what we do Saturday night. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm all day, but trip to the mall, going out to eat, right. going to church. It's all, it's just an activity. It's just something we're going to do. Right. And we're going to go, we're going to get to it. And by 8, 9 o'clock, we're going to be back home. And it's not special right. to us. That's exactly right. right. And I'm going to tell you why it's special to Boaz. Because he knew yeah. that she had eyes for him and for him alone. That's right. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. You ever fall in love with him and get faithful to him? It'll be a little sweeter. Yeah. You come That's exactly right. Yeah. Amen. That's right, preacher. Well, I didn't figure y'all like it much, but it's still the truth. Yeah. Right. That's good. She laid at his feet and he said, I know, I know that you didn't have to be, but you've been committed to me. Yeah. And he said, Nobody, rich, poor, young, or old. Now, verse 11, here comes favor. She's asked for favor in verse 9. Look at verse 11. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee, oh, I love this. I will do to thee all that thou requirest. That would be a real good place for you to shout. Yeah, yes, right. I'll give you that opportunity again. Yes, I will do to thee all that thou requirest. That's shouting ground right there. Yeah. You know what I did, Brother Tobin? I read this. I went in. And I highlighted verse 4. Yeah. And then I highlighted verse 11. Yeah. And I thought about the exchange of what was in their wills. Yeah. She said this, I will do all that thou sayest. Yeah. And when she got to his feet, he said, I will do yeah. all that thou requires. Does that not sound like yeah. salvation to you? Yeah. I came to his feet well down and said, I will yeah. do whatever yeah. you say. Yeah. And he said back to me, I will do whatever yeah. you say. Yeah. Yeah. That's really yeah. good. Uh-huh. What more... What more could he have done yes. than left the portals of glory and exchange that heavenly throne for a wooden manger? Walk yes. out of the presence of angels into the presence of cattle that night. Live 33 and a half rough years on this planet yeah. and suffered and bled and died yes. because he did all that was yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Nothing else to be done. Stable. Yeah. Don't you like that tonight? Yeah. She said, I'll do whatever you say. Yeah, he said, I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. Hey. I could just say that for another 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. She said, whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, whatever it takes, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Now watch, watch this. He said, i got bad news for you though. He said, I am your kinsman. But there is one who is yeah. in line before I. Yeah. Now, in the tradition here, I'm going to go ahead and lay this out. Y'all doing all right yeah, tonight? Sir. Let me lay this out. In the biblical mandate of the law, you know, nowadays when a young man gets married, he looks at his brother and says, I don't care what you think about. Yeah. But back then when he got married, he better tell his brother things about it because he might get stuck with her one yeah, day. That's right. A man died and left his wife with no children, no heir, no name to the family. The brother was required, and for the nearest of kin, if there was no brother. So that's where we're at. Boaz is a kinsman, but there's one that's closer in the family tree to Malon, her husband that has died. And he said, I love you and I want you. He said, but legally, he said, there's one that comes before me. He said, we've got to check with you. 
Now, are y'all with me tonight? Yes. Y'all with me tonight? Yes. There's a strange set of circumstances here. There is a nearer kinsman. I ain't got time to preach chapter 4, but I will anyway. Amen. He goes to that nearer kinsman. And he meets him in the gate of the city. Oh, yeah. And by the way, may I say this? Oh, I love this tonight. Legally, Ruth had a right to redemption. Yeah. Legally, by Old Testament law, she had a right to redemption. Yeah. Because her husband was dead, God's law stated that the next of kin had to marry her and had to give her a name. So legally, she had a right to salvation. Can I tell you tonight? Thank God through the law, the Bible said that He died for our sins, but not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. It's not His will that any should perish. But God so loved the world, and legally, in the law of God, every sinner has a right to salvation. I would stop and say, you don't walk in and demand it. Yeah. You crawl to his feet and ask him. Amen. Amen. That's right, preacher. Now watch this. The law said she had a right to salvation. Yeah. But can I tell you, that's the problem with laws. Is you get so many of them, they start messing one another up. Yeah. The law also said in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 3, that a Moabite was not allowed in the congregation of the Lord under the tenth generation and even forever. Yeah. Now, ain't that strange? Yeah. The law said, <laughs> oh, glory. Oh. I wish I was at a black Pentecostal church right now. Yeah. The law said that she could get in. And yeah. the same law said she couldn't get in. That's right, man. I'm going to say that until y'all figure it out. Yeah. The law said right. that she had to be redeemed by a miracle. Yeah. But then the law also said, well, wait a minute, if you're a Moab, then you can't get it. That's right. The law told her that she could get in, and then the law told her that she couldn't get in. Yeah, man. By the way, isn't that what the law said to us? That's right. Yeah. 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 Did the law yeah. say to us that if we keep the law and if we honor the law, yeah. that we could get in? Yeah. Yeah. But then if we try to live the law, we figure out that we could not get in yeah. because of the law? Yeah. That's where she is. Yeah. She's in a catch. She's in a bad place. The law said you can, and then the law said you can. And here she is. And he said, I've got a... He said, there's a near kin... Now, here's what I believe, Brother Till. I believe that nearer kinsman is a picture of the law. Yeah. He goes to him in the gates of the city. That's where they held court. He called ten witnesses. Yeah. And he said, hey, there's some property that needs to be redeemed. There was a family farm attached to a little name that Ruth was the heir to. He said, there's a farm that's come up that needs to be redeemed. He said, would you redeem it? And that nearer kinsman, that picture of the law, said, I will redeem it. Yeah. Absolutely, I'd love to have it. Yeah. And then Boaz threw a wrench in the plans and he said, all right, and the same day that you redeemed that farm, he said, you've got to redeem that Moabite yeah. and girl Ruth. That's right. I ain't got time for his chapter four. But all of a sudden, that nearer kinsman starts backing up. Yeah. And he said, well, number one, hang on a second now. I was interested in the property. Yeah. I'm not real interested in yeah. that Moabite girl. Yeah. Yeah. You see, that's the law. Yeah. It's real good at handling technical difficulties. Right. It's real good at handling property and possessions. Yeah. But the law was not yeah. The law yeah. was not interested in a relationship. Yeah. It only wanted to set things in order. Yeah. It did not want yeah. a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. what the near kinsman 
said, he said, oh, he said, I ain't gonna mess up my hair. I'm not, I've already got young and fighting over what I've got. I ain't gonna get involved with no more about sinner girl. Because the law can fix issues and problems, yeah. but it was not interesting in a relationship. That's right. right. That's good preaching. May I say to you, Boaz is a picture of Jesus. Everybody yeah. 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 Ruth is a picture of a sinner. Yeah. That nearer kinsman is a picture of the law. And what the law, hey, yeah. boy, what the law could not do because of its own technicalities, yeah. love stepped in. See, there's favor yeah. when you get to his feet. There's favor when you crawl up on the corn pile and you lay at his feet and you say, whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do. Right. That's the favor of the Lord through grace says, and whatever it takes, yeah. that's what I That's right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to have myself kind tonight. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> now, watch this. <coughs> we skipped over to chapter 4 so you could understand that kinsman that was closer. Man. But now, we go back to chapter 3, and she's still laying at his feet. Verse 14, look at it. And she lay at his feet until the morning. And she rose up before one could know another, and he said, Let it not be known that a woman came in the floor. Why? Because he didn't want that nearer kinsman hearing about it and messing things up. Yeah. Verse number 15. It's daylight. Y'all look at me right here. Look at me right here. We'll read about it. It's breaking daylight. Oh, what a beautiful picture. Yeah. It's breaking daylight. Yeah. They're on that hilltop. Barley and corn is all around breaking daylight. Those beautiful rays of morning sun are starting to come in. And he wakes her and he says, you got to go now. He said, but before you go, <laughs> he said, hold out your apron. Yeah. And she holds out her apron and he takes six measures and places it yeah. in that yeah. And she goes back and when she steps into the presence of Naomi, her mother-in-law, her ex-mother-in-law, the only person she has left, yeah. <laughs> I want you to notice what they only said to her. Look at verse 16. Amen. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now look yeah. at me. Hey. She knew who Ruth was. Yeah. Hey! She stood by a woman. I should say Ruth had stood by her at the grave of Abimelech. Yeah, tell she it. had stood by Ruth as they put Malon in the grave. Yeah. Yeah. They had stood together when Chilion died. They were together when Worthless said, I'm done. And Ruth grabbed her and kissed her and said, I'm not done. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. They had walked down that long, dusty road out of Moab together. They had stepped into the barley fields of Bethlehem together. Yeah. Yeah. They had wept and prayed and cried when Ruth showed up that morning with an apron full of barley. She had a glow on her face that she had not seen in quite some time. She said to her, Who are you? She didn't mean, Who are you? Here's what she's saying. Are you or ain't you Mrs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's right. Now, hey, now I'm going to say something. <laughs> verse number 18. What, verse 16? 
And she told her all that the man had done her. Told her about all them exchanges of words and everything yes. that had been said. And how I believe he did put his skirt around her. Yeah. Yeah. And really look at me, look at me, look at me, look at, look at Ruth is all tore up. Yeah. She hadn't been in the dating world much <laughs> since she left Moab. Yeah. She's been walking around in black with a garment. Yeah. She's been a sad, sad person. She's all tore up. She says to him, like, I, I ain't sure he likes me. I mean, I, I, mean, I just don't know. I mean, you think he just felt, but you think he said that just to get me out of it? Well, I don't know. What's going on? What's he talking about a mirror kinsman? I mean, what, what if that guy, what if that mirror kinsman wants? And she's all tore out of the frame. She's, all tore, she's giddy. She's all tore out of the frame. But old Naomi, hey girl, she doesn't been around a while. Yeah. Naomi said, verse number 18, then said she, I love this. Yeah. Y'all got to quit just reading the Bible. You got to start reading your Bible. Yeah, right. Watch her. Can you see Ruth's young? She's nervous. She's different. She don't know what's going to happen. I mean, she's tore out of the frame. What's going to happen? Is it going to work out? <laughs> Naomi said, sister. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Naomi said, Y'all want to sit back there? Child, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sit, sit down. Yeah. You go in there and you get in that freezer and you get you a big old bowl of bluebell homemade vanilla. Yeah, that's right. And she said, you go ahead and get back and watch Mari and file your nails. Yeah. The girl, this thing is wrapped up. Yeah. <laughs> she said, the only thing you need to be worried about is what you're going to wear on your wedding day. Yeah. That's what she said. Yeah. Verse 18, sit still, my daughter. Until thou know how the matter will fall, watch this, hallelujah. <laughs> For the man yes. will not be in rest until he hath finished the thing this day. Yeah, and that's right. Ruth goes, they're all torn up, uh, all nervous. Y'all know she was. Yeah. I mean, what's going to happen? Is it going to work? Does it really like me? How's this going to play out? They only said you to sit down and be still. Yeah. She said, because I promise you one thing. Yeah. <laughs> that man ain't going to get no sleep. Yeah. Until he arranges. That's right. This way. <laughs> hey, man. Yep. Here's why it makes me so happy. Somebody's got to open chapter three. Where did we start out in verse one? Yeah. We started out in verse one with Ruth can't get no rest. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We started out with Ruth having no rest, and they almost said, "I'm gonna do my best to help you find rest." Man. Yeah. And we get to the end of chapter three. And now Boaz is the one losing sleep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Woo! You know why Boaz is losing sleep? Man, come on. Boaz is losing sleep so Ruth don't. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 And I want to tell you, the cares of this world and the hurt and the heartache. It'll leave us like Ruth, chapter 3, verse 1. There's no rest for my That's soul. That's right, man. But oh, thank God, after she's been at his feet, yeah. she can lay down and sleep yeah, because bet. now he's the one staying up yeah. to make sure it's yeah. 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 Why should I worry? Why yeah. yeah. should I fear? Yeah. Yes, Because yeah. yeah. I've been to his feet yeah. and I laid in his presence and now... I'm not the one losing rest. Man. He's not going to rest yep. until Man. I have. Yeah, Amen. Right. <laughs> Here's why that King James Bible is written on purpose and nobody yeah. ought to ever miss it. 
Until he had finished. Yeah. That's right. Until he had finished the thing. Yep. This day. Amen. You see, the Savior in all glory met with a nearer kinsman on a hill called Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. And he said, There's a sinner that needs to be redeemed. Yeah. Yeah. The law said, I can take care of technical stuff, but I don't want no relationship. Yeah, that's right. And Jesus said, Well, let me just tell you. How that love do? Yes, a law. Yes, yes, yes. His name. But yes. all of mankind. Yes. And how yes. does all the world? Yes. 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 Because grace provided favor, and because grace provided favor when he said it is finished, grace provided a future. Yeah, that's right. Y'all want me to preach chapter 4 to you in one sentence? Yeah. And they live healthy now. Happily ever. And old Ruth finds herself in the lineage of Christ. Yeah, that's right. By the way, every woman mentioned in Matthew in that in that lineage, every one of them got there through shady circumstances. That's right. That's true. <laughs> but I ain't real upset about that. Yeah. I just got to hear how I got in this yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't point back to my to my family tree. Yeah. I deserve to Yeah. I can say this. Hey. Somebody say, Ruth, how'd you get how'd you get in the lineage of Christ? <laughs> she said, one day I was in a famine. Yeah. We got so hungry. But we ended up in a field. Yeah. And then I ended up at his feet. Yeah. And that's how I ended up yeah. with this future. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to tell you tonight. Don't be a Baptist bad boy. Yeah. Don't come out the box barking because you think that's what you're supposed to do. That's right. You find his feet. Yes. And you lay at his feet yes. and you let him yep. cover you with his yes. love. Yeah. And you come out saying, I've yes. seen it. Hey. I've talked to him. Yeah. I brushed into him this morning. Yes. Who will be bad? Yeah, that's Who right. Who will be somebody that's yeah. dead? That's right. Hey. Won't you stand up with us all over the building?